India charts the truth about the markets. At the end of what looks like a pretty terrifying day, I do sense that we should slowly move towards a much more thought provoking research industry that has for some reason become nothing more than a tip and call giving industry so that's the big change i hope to see i think people will start thinking and asking the right questions uh, in terms of being able to take the right decisions based on key factors which could be behavioral which could be market based which actually would be thought provoking towards the end result that is making the right entries and exits in the market so and and actually timing it indirectly because a lot of the thought processes are nothing but focused on timing even if they are not related to charts uh, if you really list out pointers like when everybody is buying and you know you read those old books that simply have a l- checklist of things that you need to look at then it comes back to the same thing that at some level and some degree you need to be able to time and understand uh, behavior that we also study as technicians on the basis of charts so we've seen the index really break last week's lows and head f- uh, much further down something that you could have spotted coming the debate really that should not have been a debate but is being answered now as a large part of industry is coming to terms with the idea that we are in an economic winter i am increasingly hearing people talk about our debt problems our deficit problems issues that should have been accepted as part and parcel of what we are facing today but uh, that did not end up being the case even today the news events that are flowing out be it this coffee day case is being pointed out to be nothing but a case of excessive debt and funding uh, behind the scenes that led to uh, the situation as it is so each day you have some new news item uh, and if you look behind it it's related to the structure and uh, i think we do not have all the information which is what you come to know uh, only when such news events flow as to the size of the problem that may have actually occurred and taken place and so which is why i say that let let the news flows come let the trend changes actually take place rather than preempted we haven't really seen earnings growth in the last couple of years there's been hope there have been some base effects but we've really not seen it happen and there's been a lot of hope that at least the new government that will come in uh, could step things up uh, but a very very false premise because everyone knew that the fiscal deficit is an issue even though we were really lowering our uh you know fiscal deficit uh, levels and targets and achieving them that there were a lot of below the line numbers which you had to get a cag to actually come and you know announce and now we have seen it in this times budget that we really did not have a lot of room to go on top of spending a large part of the investment community is now coming to terms with this idea and which is why you're in especially the foreign investor community and which is why you're seeing this selling but if you really look at the pattern i think sometime back there were a couple of charts uh, that were floating around and i shared them where the amount of investment that shifted suddenly towards the top 10 stocks uh, was actually a historical pattern and you've seen that pattern come back and repeat itself this time around as well so uh, it's no short thinking that all the selling that we saw in mid and small caps more than a year back which is continuing today was a shift of capital from uh, you know the broad market the main market however even though such a shift existed even in 2008 we've always seen markets peak with the mid and small cap stocks continuing to race up uh, into the end on the back of retail buying and this time around somehow that selling was so strong that the broad market did not participate till the end point of the large caps uh, however now you can clearly see the loss of momentum large caps i think tomorrow the end of june month you might get some additional indications on the monthly charts that you are you know uh, rolling over on some indicators and averages uh, that could again be 
signs of uh, further weakness going forward that said on monday i was on air uh, talking about the potential for a near term oversold condition close to 11200 11100 and today we are actually below the 11100 mark and it might actually look like we have a case to maybe slip another 100 200 points from here as well that said it could very well be the fifth wave of a setup unless this fifth itself extends because we know five waves can become nine and can become 13 but that said at the end of a five wave move you probably look for the potential of a bounce back and so uh, we'll have to keep an eye on uh, where that goes and in terms of time actually wave one took a couple of three days and we are sold off now for two days so somewhere i think post the fed meet we'll start getting clarity on how things are shaping up because there's been a large divergence over the last month between what asia has been doing uh, and what india has been doing and versus what the us has been doing indian and us markets which often tend to be in sync even when emerging markets break down this time around we've seen both of them go completely inverse uh, over the last uh, month or two since the budget was presented so you actually see now market continuously sell off even though the us indices are holding up but even in asia though asia held up for a while over the last 10 days we've seen asia also sell off and form some kind of potential top and start off on the way down europe was probably then the next place where you were seeing that potential strength of hanging on with the us and i think as the last two days we've actually seen europe especially today the dax losing more than 1 1.5% makes it look like you have actually caught the sell off shifting towards Europe as well. So you're seeing a large part of many markets uh, except the US itself which is waiting with bated breath for the Fed to actually speak. Now one of the main indicators and the central one that reflects what all is happening in terms of liquidity, both flows and the money creation exercise from the center of where uh, the key reserve currency operates uh, is the dollar. And the dollar index has gyrated uh, since the start of this year between uh, i think a 200 basis points move which is somewhere between 95 and 96 all the way up to 97 98 it's gyrated up and down and each time it gets to the top end of the range sentiment reaches an extreme positions build up and then it sells off again and we saw that whole exercise happen once more where the dollar index sold off almost breaking a key support line and then again it has picked up over the last couple of weeks keeping the weekly and monthly momentum intact Uh, and again sentiment is starting to reach a bullish extreme surprising because the fed is expected to cut rates most people would think that the dollar should fall but completely the inverse the falling dollar turned around in the month of may and started to become a rising dollar and now we are actually looking at a rally right into the fed meet where uh, the rate cutting exercise is likely to start now does that mean that the dollar would turn from here so it's something i would like to really watch because short term definitely given the extreme in sentiment it's a possibility there could be a knee jerk reaction to the actual event and the positions are completely the opposite so the dollar could go in for a short term correction what i don't know for sure is whether the dxy will actually make a medium term reversal because that was the case i was looking at last year but since it's held on to this range for so long i really want more evidence for that and i think that's what i'll be watching out for not just tomorrow but i think over the next 5 to 8 days because once you get that knee jerk reaction will it be corrective or impulsive will be key to knowing what the trend for the dollar going forward is and in the meantime if you do get a dollar reaction more often than not it ends up being positive for emerging markets and uh, and you know pre- uh, commodities which can therefore give you some kind of a short term uptick or boost and i i would probably hope for that bounce back that has not yet showed up on our shores uh, to happen because uh, the markets are coming close to getting a little 
oversold. Uh, the RSI finally dipped below the 30 mark. Uh, I think both it's been below that I think on the mid cap index and it's not dipped below that on the Nifty as well. But not yet there on Bank Nifty which I think has much more room on the downside than the Nifty itself. So we'll be watching for all of that in the next couple of days. Do we complete the fifth wave and then start some kind of a near term pullback? But the big picture scenario is that you might be making a larger reversal. Uh, in fact, you have been doing so, uh, but only very, very slowly because volatility has somehow managed to squeeze itself again and again and again and not really expand from those extremely low levels despite two or three bouts of extreme selling that we've had over the last 18 months. Now, the decline in Nifty was almost eight weeks long uh, and that has been as long as we've seen in the two previous major sell-offs uh, since 2018 right at the beginning of 2018 and then in August of last year both of those ended in around eight weeks exactly and we completed eight weeks last week so if eight weeks has any relevance then I think that's where we are right now however also note that the Fed and the ECB have more or less only been talking up policy which means since the start of this year they've been talking about lowering it, lowering rates ending QE and maybe even restarting another round of QE at some point of time however there's really not been any action so most of the monetary policy has been through words or through statements and not really through actual actions because the room is really limited as far as the ECB is concerned you are already at the bottom end of interest rates not much downside there and uh, the US at least has some room because they've managed to raise rates close to the 2% mark and they have those 200 basis points where they can go back to zero and they would want to probably plow it back as slowly as they can given the scenario. The real issue will be whether global growth can really pick up because global PMIs have fallen very very sharply. The world PMI really heading back below 50 which means in terms of manufacturing we are actually degrowing. Uh, and uh, in Europe the situation is even more negative where a couple of states are already in recession. So if growth really does not pick up and you cannot really take it for granted that increased liquidity will result in uh, growth uh, because the first rate cut and history has shown it never really has the impact that you expect and then you have to do a second and a third and the question is how long will you wait till you do the second and the third and hopefully in the interim you will not end up in some kind of an inflationary boost because I remember in 2008 because of oil prices at least as far as India is concerned we had a jump up in inflation and even though markets were falling we were forced to actually raise interest rates in June of 2008 for those who have forgotten what really happened back there. So those are the kind of unexpected issues that prop up uh, when you're taking uh, fiscal action that or monetary action that is completely against all odds uh, but the point is will growth really pick up and if it does not then it puts pressure on uh, the existing corporate debt that is outstanding not just in India but around the world. The good news is that we are now into the acceptance phase like I said earlier increasingly fund managers, investment theorists, everybody is starting to talk about the debt problems, the corporate sector balance sheet issues and so on. At the same time, even in, at the government level, authorities post this election as I think are talking about restraint. Uh, we are hearing about uh, the idea that uh, we do have a problem uh, that needs to be addressed, but the direction seems to be one of allowing the problem to resolve and consolidate itself, which means that the industry goes through a painful period, something that they were not willing to accept earlier and probably hoping that, you know, some kind of fiscal policy or other policy moves would stimulate the economy or at least kickstart some parts of growth so that we wouldn't go through a slowdown. However, it looks like right now we are going to be facing some kind of a slowdown.
And so if you've read uh, the media reports today, in fact, you've at least had it from the Bajaj group coming out that there's insufficient growth to get CAPEX and borrowing. And well, they may be trying to put some of the blame on government, but the fact is that we did have overstretched balance sheets that cannot really be resolved. And so this is really a business cycle problem. In fact, it's a credit cycle problem. And so once you come to terms with that, you know, this cycle has to go through its course. You could have you know, come in and try to bail out or stimulate some parts of the system uh, to keep it from unwinding. Uh, but I think many measures have already been taken as an advanced step uh, in the form of trying to start funding the PSUs where they had NPA related debt and so on. And so those uh, steps have already been taken. The key issue is that while those steps are taking care of the problems in the backdrop, we still are not at the point where you can get growth. And that happens because in a deflationary crisis, once you've had risk off start, then nobody wants to lend money anymore. Nobody wants to take action. The lenders essentially get scared that the steps that they took in the past that have now resulted in these bad debts are going to be used against them and they don't want to really take the same kind of actions again. And so that makes them more cautious and safe than they were in the earlier phase, thus pushing credit growth to actually slow down. And so if you have a slowdown in credit growth in a credit-based economic system, uh, you're unlikely to uh, expand and you actually go through a deflationary crisis. And I think that's the that part is, I think, still slow in coming acceptance that India faces an economic winter and a deflationary crisis. But I think the markets and prices are beginning to reflect that already. So the big question I often get is people asking for advice. Uh, and in the form of advice, they're essentially looking for questions like, should I exit my SIP? Should I move out of mutual fund? Should I move my dollars into the country, out of the hold it outside and so on? And while I don't give advice, I do have views on, uh, you know, the market and the uh, system itself. I, I would go ahead and say how I am positioned in this big picture. But then what you do is really a function of your own personal profile. Uh, but to add further weight to that, uh, I really don't think of the markets in terms of, you know, allocated uh, completely. It's the idea is always to look for opportunities. The opportunities could be anywhere, whether they are on the long side or short side. They could be in commodities. They could be in currencies. They could be in any asset class and in any particular sector or thematic investment. And that's what you need to identify and allocate capital to, keeping in mind what is the risk of that position and thus you know what the risk to your portfolio is so based on the risk you want to take at a portfolio level you can actually calculate the allocation you can make at a total level so out of your total exposure you take an exposure to the extent that it has the desired impact as far as risk is concerned to the underlying portfolio and then you can have multiple positions it really doesn't matter whether your equity exposure is 50 percent 40 percent 80 percent as long as it is based on the right choice and some kind of methodology that accounts for risk. So you could be in equities, you could have an exposure to currencies uh, and you could have an exposure to uh, commodities as well based on that thought process. And lastly, uh, I would like to add a couple of pointers from the discussions that I've had before and it was actually pointed out to me in my CNBC interview as well on Monday that the markets are down uh, even at a time when you know everything else looks good in terms of stability in oil prices even though oil prices have been down you have uh, interest rates actually uh, at the low end uh, and so why is it that uh, you know markets are being impacted and the uh, situation i think is that i've discussed this with charts i've, I've actually posted a couple of charts and shared them on social media a couple of times showing that oil prices are also a reflection of market demand 
and whenever equity prices are heading higher uh, so do oil prices move higher at least in the medium term sometimes in the short term you see these inversions and relationships and those make nice you know headlines because when you say that oh well oil prices are down and india is benefiting it sounds really nice but when you put a historical five year chart of oil and nifty you'll probably see them moving in the same direction and so now uh, it's a pointless point in uh, you know discussing that that said oil prices have actually peaked uh, closer to the 70 dollar mark and uh, sold off we are almost felt closer to 53 and then have bounced back a bit uh, but i think the overall trend is likely to be still down similarly Uh, the other one is interest rates interest rates tend to rise and fall uh, and whenever they fall they should be good for equities however in an expansionary phase the sheer demand for money or the inflationary effect that it has leads to a push up in interest rates and eventually interest rates only are brought down when the economy starts to slow so note that you know stocks have been crashing all over the place and indian bond yields have also come down over this period i did not expect they would come down so much i thought they would probably hold the 7.2% mark later i thought maybe 6.6 and they've actually even gone below that but my sense remains that rates Uh, are not in a long term down cycle and this is completely counterintuitive even though yesterday sbi is actually lowered deposit rates trying to force interest rates down when you look at it from a global perspective bond yields have not only fallen but are at an extreme end sentiment towards bond markets are an extremely bullish state in any kind of shock especially one that is a growth shock which directly impacts Uh, at least if not the higher rated government debt impacts the lower rated debt puts pressure on bond markets and so eventually when you have a deflationary crisis and the late stages of it when money is in demand when cash is in demand then it forces people to sell every asset and therefore bond yields even in sovereign debt moves up but of course the spread between the uh, safer bonds and the you know riskier corporate bonds uh, will likely widen a lot more Uh, so that definitely happens and so my sense is that bond deals probably have or will bottom uh, at the current range close to 6.4 6.3 6.2% whatever the low was i think most probably the lows probably made and in fact if you just compare the last two major market peaks uh, in a cyclical market which has been an up down market for the last 20 years in the us interest rate cutting cycles always start in late stages of the boom or rather when the boom actually starts to roll over because growth is actually slowing down and in that slowdown the first rate cut has some positive effect uh, in the short term for the markets but eventually leads to a roll over and then further cuts don't really help uh, till you actually had cuts several times and the same thing for india we've seen yields come down but we are still seeing slowing growth stocks falling off a cliff and i think we'll continue to try and cut rates till the till we reach the point where it actually starts having an economic impact the risk really would be that if your corporate debt issues again surface and start blowing up at the top then uh, it would Uh, actually put upward pressure on rates and uh, the whole exercise of trying to lower them might fail so uh, that's something we'll only see going forward i recently read an investment post which was trying to answer the concerns of investors over the recent market uh, meltdown and the kind of pressure that you're seeing and at the end of it uh, one of the questions was is this 2008 and he was trying to tell people that this is not how you should think about investing nobody knows and i think that's a very very unfortunate answer i'm sure 90% of the time it is right to say that you know this is not a repeat of another crisis everything is under control but after stocks have crashed 70 to 80% companies are you know going bust for you to not see the parallels is i think putting blinders on so i'm pretty clear uh, in fact this is not 2008 this is 2008 was us was an american crisis the indian economy was still growing at 7% uh, india was simply pulled down by the world market uh, and so that was a very very different scenario 
today india is in crisis i don't know whether the us goes through the same kind of crisis they've uh, you know there are people who think so but they've actually bailed out a large part of their banking sector they've printed a lot of money they've elevated the base level as far as their markets are concerned so they can go through a deep correction in a recession but they i'm not i don't know whether this can be a repeat of 2008 for them as much as it can be it can be our own india this should be called india's 2019 you know so this will be a period that you'll probably remember uh, as probably the worst period of india's economic cycle in the post independent india so i think that's the message from me i think most people don't find it very very hard to say so because what if i'm wrong and uh, this whole idea of not trying to be right and not be wrong pushes people away from trying to acknowledge or even highlight or even mention what could end up being the real truth so that's all in this update from me thank you